Hello, everyone, and welcome to Port 3.3, a new series under the Port Media umbrella, hosted by me, Lucas Simpson, Zach Hersey, Alex Lust, and John DeLoss, where we talk about the coming events in soccer. For the first episode today, we're going to be talking about the EPL table. That's the English Premier League. We're going to be talking about where we think teams are going to finish, why we think they're going to finish there, and what transfers had to do with that. So introducing our hosts for this series, John DeLoss. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is my first time on the Port Media podcast. Uh, I'm a Kelsey supporter, and I'm really excited for the upcoming season. We also have Alex Loss joining us. Hey, everyone. This is also my first time on the Port Media podcast, and I'm a big Liverpool fan, and I'm excited to be able to do this podcast. Hey, well, we're going to get first this year. Don't worry. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to all these podcasts. Yes, sir. Where is everyone's face? Why can't I see anyone? We don't have them. Wait, let me turn it on. Yeah, I can turn mine on. Hey, yeah, what's up, everyone? I just – Where like, are you at, John? I don't know how to try to flick it back on. Wait, I'll be able to get it on. There we go. There we go. Hello, everyone. I'm Zach. Wait, Zach wait, wait. Anderson. I got to introduce you, bro. <laughs> oh. And okay. that boo you heard was from our fourth and final host, Zach Hersey. Hello, hello. I'm also a big-time Chelsea fan, as you can see. Um, very excited for this season. And uh, you no know, better people to do it with besides Alex Luss, John, and Lucas. Yeah, and just a quick note for the viewers, he's wearing a Chelsea jersey. So I know you guys couldn't see that, but... Just letting you know, he is rough. currently looking for something, so that's why I'm moving around so much. Yeah, but um, <laughs> who wants to start off by saying who they think is going to be the champions of next season's Premier League? We're starting up top. Yeah, we'll start from the top. That's what everyone cares about. Um, I can lead it off. If you guys want? You don't go mind. for it. So for my champions, I'm I had to go with repeating champions. Um, I went with Liverpool. Um, so I said this because, uh, no real changes to their starting 11. They got easily the best starting 11 in football. Um, city, I mean, they've had a few signings with Nathan Ake, but I don't, I mean, I don't think they can compete, uh, still. They're still not as strong as Liverpool. They got more bench, but I'm liking Liverpool's eyes again this year. Are you at all concerned about their form since the lockdown? Um, it, not much, not really. Um, wasn't great coming back, restarting the Premier League. Um, but they had the title, got the job done. And I mean, they lost pretty early in the Champions League, but I think coming around to the new, new season, everything's going to gel together and they'll be good. Awesome. Uh, Hersey, John, you guys got different champions or you going with Liverpool again? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm going with Liverpool this season just because can I say why or do I just have of course yeah Yeah, okay so just because I think Liverpool you know towards the end of the season they're they had a rough end of the season you know how they lost to Watford I think three no was it yeah that sounds right yeah three no three one three no and uh I don't know I just feel like they're Teams are going to start to figure them out, and they didn't. Who who did they buy this season? They they don't have That's much exactly. of a different squad. They're they're looking at Tiago from Bayern. Um, yeah. They can't afford them right now, but 
and they also got like this uh, Costas guy from Olympiacos, uh, left back, but no, he's no better than Rabo. Um, just I mean, yeah, he's a replacement. Yeah, left back. I think uh, who who's gonna win this Champions? Uh, that's a that's tough. That's tough because I want to say Chelsea, but I also feel like there's a lot of new players. It's going to take a while for them to, like, you know, build chemistry together as a team. But, you know, besides Chelsea, I, I'm going to actually go with City, Man City, with uh, if they buy Koulibaly, which I think they will. So, yeah, I'm going to go with City. John, what do you got to say to this? I'm in the same boat as Zach. Um, I think City's going to bring Koulibaly. I think they're going to do Koulibaly, Laporte. They're going to throw Ake at left back, which will sure up the back line, I think, a lot. I also think Cancelo or Walker, one of them, will find good form, and that back line will be a lot more improved and closer to Liverpool's. Liverpool's this past season just was by far and away the best. But I think City will close the gap defensively a little. I don't really think they're signing Torres. I don't think he's going to replace Sané, but Sané didn't even contribute last year because he was injured. And I think it's going to be Aguero's last year with City, and I expect him to have another good year. And if he does, if he has a good year, and I think this is a big year for Gabriel Jesus to either take over for Aguero or maybe even earn a transfer to go somewhere like Barcelona or Madrid. Um, But, yeah, I'm going with City. I think De Bruyne, I think De Bruyne will get player of the season again, and they'll come yeah. back on top. Just amazing, yeah, Lucas. And don't ah. you better not. <laughs> oh, you can see it on the screen. I have, I have City. You know, I wanted to change it though. I think Arsenal is going to overperform, but we'll get to the Arsenal propaganda a little later in the episode. But like most people have said, you know, City. I think Pep Guardiola. You know, he, he's a very He's a perfectionist, as most of us know. He wants to win every single game at all times. And I think you combine his, like, eagerness to win, especially with the way they got knocked out of the Champions League this past season with Liverpool. The way they won the league was in such an emphatic fashion last season. It's really only down from what they just did. Like, they won the Champions League the year before. They just dominated the entire league. So now how do those players get motivated again for another 38-game season where they have to just – pound every single opponent whereas city they should be hungry you know they they didn't win anything they won the league cup last year that's not good enough for them De Bruyne was in this press conference after they got knocked out complaining about all the players not stepping up in the big game so I, I think they have a big season so I have them edging out Liverpool very good those are some great points they I yeah Liverpool really doesn't have the motivation every team really has that motivation to do better but Liverpool, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna take a lot for them to be motivated and uh do the same thing they did last season. All right, so now that we got the uh champions out of the way, we can who do you guys think is gonna finish off the other European Champions League spots of two, three, and four? Uh I'll go first. I I one thousand percent believe that Chelsea will either finish first or second. I there's just no way with the squad that they have. To finish anything lower than that, but um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Chelsea at number two, second, and then at third place, probably gonna go with Liverpool for sure, um, and then at fourth, 
fourth place, I'm going to go with uh, – it's tough between um, – yeah, it's going to be Manchester United for me. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Chelsea, Liverpool, then United. Is that if United gets Sancho or in their current form? No, in their current form. I think with Van de Beek, um, their new signing at, at, in the midfield with Bruno and Pogba, I think um, that midfield alone is enough to get them in the top four slot. Uh, with Rashford and Martial, if they're like – and Greenwood also, if they're top in top form, then I think that, you know – they could possibly overthrow Liverpool at third, maybe. Or, yeah, so either third or fourth. But I definitely believe United is going to be in the top four. Fair enough. Rebuttal from the Liverpool fan? All right. I agree uh, United will manage top four, but I'll start it. So, two, I had City. Um, basically for the same you boys had. Um, I mean, Pep Guardiola only wins. He's going to be disappointed to the last season. Come back. Uh, I mean, he'll really, so you guys are saying he might not have the motivation, but I think that's going to give him the motivation. Back champs, having sit on their backs the whole season. They just got to one-up them back-to-back this year. And then, yeah, he made good signings with Nick from Bournemouth. If they made, if they get uh, Koulibaly, some of you guys were thinking, I definitely can make a difference. Um, he's a big-time player. They haven't gone and gotten him yet, but we, we'll see. Um, and that Ferran Torres kid, uh, good. he's a good signing. I was seeing someone how he had his release clause of like 100 mil. And since like COVID and stuff, uh, he it got like – and he, he because of COVID and he wanted to leave – um, they only got like 23 mil for him. And I mean, that's a huge signing for City. He's going to be good one day, but I don't think he'll be a starter yet. Um, and then for, so for three, I said Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, insane signings. They got Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, who I think is going to dominate the prime. I think he's going to be really good. Um, I mean, Hakimi, or Hakim Ziyech, uh, great player for Ajax. Um, you made some defensive signings, getting uh, Tiago Silva and Malong Sar on a free transfer. Um, Sar from Nice, and then PSG's older Tiago Silva, but definitely will bring in some uh, back or some leadership. And you also got Ben Chilwell. So I mean, I think City's going to be right up. There, or Chelsea's going to be right up there too with Liverpool and City. And my last uh, team in the top four was United as well. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, they got the young talent. I think it's all going to come together how they would want, but I don't know if they're still there uh, to push into the you know, city and Liverpool level. Very well. A lot of believers in the Chelsea project, it seems. I'm assuming you also have John, uh, Chelsea in the top four, John? Yeah, I have um, Liverpool second, I think. I think Liverpool have gotten lucky the last two years, not only just this year, with a lack of injuries. I could see one of Salah, Mane, or Firmino going down and then them having to give more minutes to Shakiri or Origi. And I think they'll be a little bit – I see City winning by at least five or six points. But 
I think Liverpool is still above Chelsea. Their whole squad's been together. If they bring in Thiago, even if Wijnaldum goes out for Thiago, I think I think Liverpool's midfield's been lacking someone like Thiago that can kind of break the line, play the like through balls threaded down the wings and take some of the pressure off Firmino to create and give them more opportunity to actually score goals. Um, but then third, I have Chelsea. I don't I could easily see them starting slow to the year. Polisic and Chilwell are injured right now. Havertz, I'm, I don't know if Havertz is going to come straight into the team, even though he has the talent to. I could easily see Lampard giving uh, some players that I'm not favorable of, such as Ross Barkley, minutes, just because even though we've signed all these players, we haven't sold many, which I'd like to see. But – Chelsea, I'd switch with second for Liverpool if we do bring in Declan Rice in this summer window. I think we won't in the summer, and I think we will in January, but that's besides the point. And I think Chelsea and Liverpool will be really close, and I think there will be a decent drop-off to fourth, which I also have United. Um, I'm not a fan of their manager in Solskjaer. I don't think he has a plan or knows what he's doing. But I agree with you on that. (laughs) <laughs> they just have the goal-scoring power with Rashford, Martial, Greenwood. I just think they'll each get double-digit goals. I think Bruno will keep up his antics and find a way to also get double-digit goals through penalties. And then I think Pogba, I don't see him having a great season again. I still don't think he's all there and loving United. But I think he'll be on the field more. And Van de Beek, I don't really see how him, Pogba, and Bruno fit into a midfield three. They're still going to have either Matic or McTominay getting minutes, which is why I think they're going to be held back from the top three. I think they'll be a good chunk back. But, yep, United rounding off the top four for me. I just want to get one question for you, John. Uh, yeah. for, you said Chelsea, if they got Declan Rice. Would you, would you say he's a starter over, like, Kovacic or uh, Conte? Yeah. If we get Declan Rice, I think we can – Frank Lampard loves Mason Mount. So, right now, without Declan Rice, I think he's planning Conte at the lone holding mid with Havertz and Mount in front of him as both attacking mids, which uh-huh. I don't like because I can get flashbacks specifically to the Arsenal game last year where Conte is the last man back and gets – made a fool being like the only one protecting the defense, even though it was a counterattack. But if we get Declan Rice, I think he can play that lone holding mid by himself, or I think he can play next to Kovacic to have a creative defensive mid, or even next to Conte, and Conte can go box to box. But I just think bringing in Rice will give Havertz like a lone attacking mid spot and a lot more freedom to get forward than if what I currently think we're going to do, which is Havertz and Mount both as attacking mids. I think they're going to be held back a little by that. All right, makes sense. Yeah, I I always or what I thought uh, Conte would be like defensive, like sitting in front of the defense defense, and then I yeah. thought uh, Kovacic was going to be your box to box guy with Havertz kind of up a little yeah. bit more. But I haven't heard too much. So if you're saying like they're thinking Mount and Havertz up, yeah. that might not work. I agree with you on that. Lampard seems to like his 4-3-3 with two attacking mids, which I don't think Conte can be the only holding mid for, so that's why I'm big on the rice. All right. 
So I liked your guys' lists. You know, you guys explained them pretty well, but I noticed there's a team missing from uh, all four of them. No, there's there's one team is, that should be there. You know, I'll start with the second place. I think Liverpool finished second, you know. They – I think – to go back to my earlier point, I think the reason why Liverpool won the title last season by so many points is because they lost the title to City by what – it ended up being one point or two points that one season when they said they still had, like, the third best finish ever and they had nothing to show for it. Yep. So I think that they're still – they love the competition with City, so I don't think they let City get too far ahead of them, so I think they'll keep it close there. But in third place, we have Arsenal, FC, led by the best manager in the Prem right now. Since Arteta's taken over, he's beaten COVID-19, he's beaten Pep Guardiola, he's beaten Jurgen Klopp, he's beaten Lampard twice. I don't know, he actually, no, he's beat Jurgen Klopp twice, Lampard once. So Arteta... He doesn't have the personnel that all these other squads have. He knows that. I know that. Every Arsenal fan knows that. And even the players know that, honestly. But what he does have is he has systems that when we play against the bigger teams, we have a bombing up top who's faster than any defender in the league. We have good pace on the outside when we have Tierney and Bellerin playing. And Ainsley Maitland-Niles, he's doing well. So we can just beat teams on the counterattack. You saw it. A bombing scored four goals against City and uh, Chelsea combined. Uh, Lacazette was even scoring against Liverpool, even though he's had a down season. So I think if we could sign Thomas Partey, who's a name that we've been linked with all summer, who bossed Liverpool's midfield in the Champions League, he's just a great box-to-box guy where we don't have to trust Granite Xhaka to hold down our midfield. You know, We need someone that's more athletic. Partey can do that. And I think that if we trust Arteta, we give him a couple signings. Right now, I think the biggest problem in our squad is Mesut Ozil's contract because he's getting 350,000 pounds a week and he doesn't play. He's not on the bench. He's not even in the starting lineup. So if we can get rid of him, maybe some like a Turkish club, Chinese club, and then we can replace him with a creative midfielder that can give us what we need against the lesser teams so we can break them down, I think we can finish third. So that's the long Arsenal rant. I think if we can sign party and then we sign one more attacking midfielder, we finish top two, but in the current state, I think we can still make third. And then fourth, I was deciding between Chelsea, Liverpool, like Leicester, Man U, but I ended up putting Man U there for the same reason. I mean, you guys said it like their attack is just too good on their day for, even though they have Maguire who looks like to be a waste of 80 million pounds, they have Danny – what is it? Danny Williams now is their starting left back. And everyone, like, I don't I don't see a team like that taking that next step to be top three. But I certainly think, you know, Martial, Rashford, Greenwood, there's too much quality there for them to slip out of Champions League. So you're saying Chelsea won't be in the top four? I think I've seen Lampard the way – if you look at the way Lampard treated Pulisic when he first came in, mm-hmm. he was – adding him to the lineup, dropping him, not giving him a lot of playing time, stuff like that. So if he keeps, if he does that with players like Havertz, who probably thinks he's better than everyone on the Chelsea team, I don't know how well that works. Maybe he takes to the coaching and is like buys into the program, but maybe he has an attitude problem about it. I don't know the guy, but if I just know the way the pool situation was, it ended up working out well until he got injured where he had a great run of form near the tail end of the season. But I don't see players like Havertz. Timo Werner was the top guy of the, his former club. If Lampard starts to rotate the squad, I don't, I don't know how that ends up for those people that are used to playing every single minute of every game. 
So I think they'll have a transition year next season. We'll see, but I don't know, not the year for me. All right. So for those of you that might not be aware over in the Europe, they have two top divisions. One of them is called the UEFA champions league. And that's where you have clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid in it every year. And the British premier league gets four clubs to represent them in that. But there's also a lower division that's lesser known called the Europa League, where clubs like Arsenal have been stuck, cast away for the past couple of seasons. And the, the British Premier League gets two more clubs for that. So we're going to go from spots five and six to see who people think are going to get entrance into the Europa League. Uh, John, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, speaking back to my fourth place team, and you, I think my fifth place team, which is Arsenal are going to be very close to them. With their squad right now, I still would have them fifth with no more signings because I do think Arteta is a top two manager in the league based on just what he can do with players that are just not quality at all. Um, I think Aubameyang and Lacazette will – do their things. I think they can. I think Arsenal have a top three record against the top six, but just as the years before have shown, they can struggle against mid-table sides, pick up a lot of draws. Um, but I do think if they bring in Partey or Awar from Lyon, they could easily move into fourth. Um, and then between the fourth and fifth teams, for me, they're interchangeable, and I think they'll be really close, and I think there'll be another drop-off to sixth, where I have Tottenham. I have them there because I think Mourinho, he came – well, Mourinho did come in last year midseason. He brought Tottenham up the table very far from where Pochettino was sacked and was quietly one of the better managers in the back half of the season. And I think he'll have his own plan going into this year. And I think he'll find a way to get Harry Kane more involved. Youngman's son is probably my second, the second best left-sided forward in the league right now. And I'm a big fan of Steven Bergwijn, who came in in January and had a great month before getting injured and missed the rest of the season. But they're a shaky team. I don't really see them having any chance of top four, but, I think they'll come in sixth, and I think they'd be happy with that. Arsenal and Tottenham, five and six. Arsenal's finally going to finish with Tottenham for the first time in four years. So, John said Arsenal five and uh, Tottenham seven or uh, six. That's correct. Uh, I mean, I'd say Tottenham fifth, Arsenal sixth. For me, um, just because of what John said about Son and Bergwijn, I think. And you got to remember, it's Jose Mourinho, you know. He's, he's, he's fired up. I feel like this season, he's, he, he's going to have to make it to the Europa League, at least at fifth. He's going to be fighting really hard for top uh, four, obviously. And I think Mourinho has more experience. And Arteta is, you know, he's like Lampard. He's a non-experienced coach. And, John, I don't know if you're serious about ranking him at top two managers in the league. He's not two either. He's going into this season, yeah. What? He's beaten everyone. Not in general. Ironically, is Mourinho. No, no, not in general. But are you saying last season? Just his current – I mean, he beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final and beat Liverpool in the Europa 
I mean, the fucking community shield. That is true. City on the way to. If he gets players like Partey and Awar, I just don't see how he wouldn't be great with them versus other managers, even if they get the players. Like someone like Pep, I can see him easily with Ferran Torres doing what he did with Jao Cancelo, who came in last year touted as a top three right back in the world, and now is second string on City and not even considered relevant at all in like the world stage. So not a fan of Pep for player development. Yeah, that is true. But that's a lot of what ifs for Arsenal, though, like if they get Awar and if they get Partey, you know. Yeah, if, we, just get, gonna have to if we get them, we win the league. But as of now, we're top four. <laughs> Who's your sixth spot at, uh, Hersey? Sixth spot, as I said, um, was was Arsenal. Oh, Tottenham was fifth for me, and Arsenal at number six. I I think Tottenham with the squad that they have now, if you compare the two squads, without any future what if transfers, um, I think Tottenham has a better team. And the better coach for me. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any player on Tottenham that would start in Arsenal right now. Son. For who? Lacazette. Kane. <laughs> what? Kane doesn't start over Aubameyang. Kane. Kevin Dombalay. Devin Sanchez. I'd take Sanchez. I'd take him. But I like I'm taking Leno or Martinez over Loris after especially what he's done this like last season. Oh, um, and especially after you know their new signing at right back Matt Doherty. Doherty. Yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of Doherty. I think he's a great fullback. He has a lot of stamina. He gets we'll up see and how he does field, in a four know. in the back though, I guess because sometimes true, those true. backs you can you can get covered a lot. Yeah, that is true. All right, Alex, five and six. Okay, so my five, I had Arsenal. All right, all right. Um, for many of the reasons you said, um, solid team. Um, so uh, what I was thinking was um, they really uh, never get uh, Arsenal or Lacazette and Aubameyang, or they used to before Arteta, never got Lacazette and Aubameyang on the pitch at the same time or much at the same time. And yeah. I thought, like, how uh, – that really, you know, hurt them for a bit. Like, how would they perform without their two best players on the pitch? Um, I'm hoping Arteta can make something happen with getting them more consistent minutes together. Um, and did you guys also get William uh, Saliba back this year? Yep, he's here. Yeah, he's young, talented, uh, a yeah, lot of potential yeah. center back for you guys. I think um, – I mean, I'm not too sure how he's doing right now, but um, if he's been living up to his potential, he could easily slide in there. You guys need some help in the back. I think he can definitely, you know, help out there. Um, and same thing as you guys were saying, uh, you've had uh, a bunch of transfer rumors with Thomas Partey from Atletico. Um, you need a defensive mid. Um, you said Granite Xhaka not doing it. I mean, he never is good. He's pretty terrible. You need something to come in there. And then for my seventh spot, um, I had a Leicester. Um, I mean, they're a great team every year. Um, I mean, people always write them as like high to mid table. Um, I mean, Jamie Vardy's an animal. He'll get 15 goals easily every year. 
I'm thinking, you know, around the 20 mark this year. Um, I mean, they lost Ben Chilwell, um, but in the past they've lost Conte. They've lost, um, I mean, as you said, Eddie. Mars. Yeah, Mares. They lost uh, Maguire, but they always find a way to replace them. They, I mean, and Didi came in right after Conte. I mean, didn't notice anything. And then the, uh, the Turk, I forget his name right now, but Soyenchu, Soyenchu coming in for mm. Harry Maguire, same player. Like, I mean, they have great scouts. I think, I mean, they they have great scouts every year. They find insane players. They sell off players for high money, and I mean, they're primed to make a nice run this year. I think. Yeah, it leads in well because I also had Leicester sixth. More for Brendan Rodgers than anyone else because I think people forgot what Brendan Rodgers did with that Liverpool team. Actually, you probably didn't forget. No. Uh, if not for that fateful slip, you know, maybe he was he yeah. was the one to break the curse instead of Klopp. But I think he Brendan Rodgers, he's he's just uh, he's a good man manager. And what I mean by that is that he'll go to each player. He seems like the, he seems like a personal guy. Obviously, I don't know the guy, but he seems like he goes to each player. He's like speaks with all of them, like lets them know what they're good at, what they're bad at, and like gives them like he gets all of his players motivated. Whereas other coaches just talk about like, all right, you got to make this run down the wing and stuff like that. Whereas Brendan Rodgers is more like gets his like he almost treats them like a kind of an army, like gets his troops galvanized and stuff like that. So I could see they kind of had they had a strong start to the season. They were they held third spot for like donkey years. Then it seemed like and then they just tailed over in like the course of the season. So I think. They're not satisfied with how that season ended, so I think they start strong again. And then the fifth spot, I had Chelsea, the uh, the band of just money bags that they just threw at their team. We'll see if it ends up working in a cohesive fashion, but I think Wenger had a quote where he said, like, a sack of, sack of money never won a football match. So we'll see. You know, Timo Werner, he looks insane, but so did Luka Jovic. He went to Madrid, and no one knows what he's doing now. So yeah. I think – it's about how they well they adjust to the Premier League. You know, Arsenal, we just bought Nicolas Pepe for like $92 million. He struggled the first few games, but now we're looking to get into his tempo and stuff like that. So I could see the same thing happen to players, even though I don't doubt the quality of Havertz and Ziyech and stuff, but the Premier League, you know, it's a lot more physical than where, they came, where they've come from. You know, it's hard to do tricks and stuff when McGuire's laying you out on the ground. So they're going to have a rough transition, but. Or maybe they could hit the ground running like we've seen some players do. But I think they finished fifth because quality over time, it's a long season. So they'll get into the rhythm at the right time, I think. All right. So looking at our top sixes we all picked, we can all unanimously agree on six of the, on five of the teams. Some of us have Leicester filling in that last spot. Some of us have Tottenham. But we're going to go through now and just look at, talk about each of the teams we have picked and see who is their kind of standout player or the one to watch for this upcoming season, starting with City. Hersey, you, it's your idea. you got to have one for City. I don't know. I have to start uh, for Man City, it's, it's easy. I think everyone should agree with me on this, and that's KDB. Kevin De Bruyne, I think he's easily the best player on Man City and the one to watch for next season. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, he's on a different planet. Like, mm-hmm. you, watch, you watch him play. He's easily the best midfielder in the world. Could easily be one of the – I mean, not even just midfielders, just players at the moment. He actually is insane. Um, left foot, right foot, goals, assists. He can just actually do it all. Couldn't agree more with KDB. Yep. 
I'm in the KDB boat. I think he's player of the year for the entire league, not only player of the season for City. I don't know. I feel like he – I feel like you know what you're going to get with KDB, though. I feel like the one to watch, I'm going to go with Laporte because pretty much everyone in the world is pretty much ripping on City's defense. No one's making fun of De Bruyne. Like, De Bruyne's doing, like, worldly things with the football. Like, no one's concerned about what he's going to do this season. So my player to watch is going to be the – probably just – actually, it's the whole City defense. Walker, Laporte, Ake, now that they, he's there. Koulibaly, if they get him. They're the ones that are going to have all the pressure on them because KDB is going to be doing his like 15 plus assists, 10 plus goals season. But will that matter if they keep making mistakes in the back? Moving on to Liverpool. We'll let the Liverpool Um, fans start off here. Yeah, so I chose Liverpool to win the league. Um, I think the player to watch would be, would have to be like, I mean, Firmino. Poor last season, uh, not too many goals. He scored one goal at Anfield, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you watch, like if you played soccer, you can tell he's a good player, but he he really didn't show it too much last season. Um, every Liverpool fan knows that he's got the talent, but he just has to show it. And I think uh, the uh, like the best player on the team. I think this year might be Mane. Um, stepped up big last year, had a great season. He's, I mean, I I love him as a player. I think he can actually put up big numbers. I'm saying 20 plus goals this season. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the Mane pick. I think last season he definitely took a big step forward, and I think he takes another one again. Because when I watch when I watch the Liverpool team play. I feel like uh, Salah is obviously the one that most people would look towards, but I feel like Mane for me catches my eye more because he's more direct with the ball. You know, he seems kind of fearless, especially when, when the team's looking down, he always looks like he's energetic and stuff like that. So I think that if he can start the season well, I think that can catapult Liverpool towards another title. Yeah. I agree. I like, I actually think Mane is more talented than Salah. And I think, he himself, I can see if he has another successful year with Liverpool, uh, plays well himself, I can see him getting a transfer to Barca or Real Madrid, take the final step to the top two clubs in the world. But for me, I'm under the assumption that Tiago Alcantara is going to come in. And if he does, the most exciting play- player I'm looking forward to seeing how they do the most is Fabinho because they brought him in for a big fee. He's been quality, but not really lived up to the fee or not his fault necessarily gotten as much consistent game time. But he's someone I could see being world-class as a holding midfielder next to Tiago Alcantara, completed a midfield with Jordan Henderson. And I think if that I think if Fabinho takes the step up, just like Henderson did this past year, Liverpool's midfield will be right up there for top of all Europe. I would have to agree with Alex on Firmino being the one to watch just because, you know, like last season, he didn't do much offensively in terms of scoring goals. He did create a lot of chances for Mane and Salah, but in terms of scoring, not much. So I'm interested to see. Um, what he can do this season. 
um, offensively. So that runs out the uh, top twos. All right, what do we think about Chelsea? Let the Chelsea boys go first. Zach, you start. On the watch uh, for Chelsea, for me, it's going to have to be Timo, Timo Werner. Just because, you know, <laughs> being a Chelsea fan, it's very frustrating, you know, in terms of the strikers we've purchased in the past. You know, we've gotten Diego Costa, who's been the – Diego Costa and Drogba have been the two players, two strikers that have been good in the past, you know, 10 years. But besides that, Morata, Fernando Torres, Dembaba, you know, we Higuain. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's it's been bad. So, and Timo, is he going to be in the Diego Costa and Drogba slot or, you know, the rest of them? So – I'm interested to see on what he can do this season. For me, um, I wouldn't say I'm cocky, but I just don't see a world where Timo doesn't do well in the Chelsea team. And same thing goes with Havertz. I don't see someone of his talent really not living up to at least like lower end of his expectations. So for me, the, player to watch to see if they can make the big step up would be uh, Pulisic because last season he had two runs of form, one in the fall and one at the end of the year where he looked like a top five player in the league. And then through injury and just lack of game time, he would then not even be relevant for months on end. So I think Andy's starting this season injured again. So I think if he can prove his consistency and already with Werner, Havertz, and Ziyech, who I see as just almost locks to be quality. If Pulisic can keep up his form down the left-hand side, I just – Chelsea's team is going to be insane. So he's my player to watch. I feel like you guys aren't talking about the biggest problem with Chelsea, and that is Kepa. Arizaba, 75 million world record keeper. Because if he, like, your attack, you guys are going to be in the same boat as United, where your attack is going to try to win games by themselves. And then Kappa is going to let a, like, a dribbler go through his, the like, thing is, stuff like that. Last year, we came in fourth place with Pedro, Tammy Abraham, and William <laughs> as our front three. And now we're in <laughs> Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell, along with an upgraded attack. I think we could still get top four with Kappa. But, they haven't touched on it yet. Chelsea almost confirmed they signed it. That, yeah. Edouard Mendy from Wren, a massive goalie that had <laughs> in the top three in all of the top five leagues for cross collection percentage, which is huge because Keppa on set pieces, he's never coming out because he's six foot one and his arms are just so tiny. And our center backs. Last year, especially with Rudiger, would get lost and just I don't know where he would go. And then Christensen would just get mounted and bitched. So we just got destroyed on set pieces. So if we bring in Mendy, I'm, I'm not, I haven't completely given up on Keppa because I want to see if an actual competent backup puts pressure on him to improve. But if Keppa stays horrible, I'm excited to give Mendy some time just to mix it up. What is he? What is he like? Six five? Yeah, he's six five. 
Like, how, in what world is he not better than Kepa? Like how, how is he not better defaultly? <laughs> like, he just has and to the be. last goal he bought from Ren is Petr Cech, so. Oh. A little bit of history. Petr Cech was 6'4", or actually 6'5", I They're think. Let me go check. Do you agree with them, Alex? You got a new player. I kind of have a new player, but I agree with you, Lucas, that, I mean, player to watch has to be Kappa if they don't get in another goalie. I mean, well, he's got, like, not even the worst save. Like, he's got yeah. one of the worst save percentages in all of, Eng- like, Europe, uh, Europe like, yep. the uh, top leagues. Or I don't even know what the stat- uh, statistic is, but it he's, like, one of the worst goalies. I don't know with all of Europe. I don't know if it's, like, the top five leagues, but – it's bad. Um, and then another one I was thinking was just Tiago Silva. If he can come in, I mean, sure up a defense with uh, Ben Chilwell, I think that will really help you out. Cause you, I like, uh, like John said, the attack speaks for itself. I think Werner's going to come in, do insane. Havertz and uh, Ziyech, they're all, I mean, ballers. They're going to come in and score the goals. Um, but if that defense and Kappa can – you know, stay afloat and not lose games for them, they're going to be a good team. All right, next up, we got United. Oh, let me think. Give me a second to think about this. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's not that hard, honestly. I think the player to watch for Manchester United is Paul Pogba because Fernandez has came in. He's been doing his cheeky PKs, and he just – I think, obviously, the joke is that he only scores PKs, but if you watch them play, you know, he's one of those players where when he receives a ball, he doesn't lose it that often. He's always looking for another player on his team. And then Pogba can come in, and if he can – because Pogba, at his best, can boss an entire game because he's a box-to-box midfielder. He'll make tackles in his own box, and he can just carry the ball. Like, in the Premier League, it's hard – if you try to just pass it around teams like City does, but your players don't have that technical ability, it's really hard to get create chances like that. But if you have a player like Pogba that can just drive the ball through a midfield and just kind of will your team forward, he can just make the world of difference. That's why I wish Arsenal had someone like that. Like That's why I want Thomas Party. Because if you can get a player that can just, with pressure on them, just drive the ball, breaking the lines, instead of having to rely on people that have immaculate touch to keep passing it through the lines, like finding people in the space, you know, you can just – it's a whole different dynamic that United can unlock if they have Paul Pogba fully committed to the project. For me, it would have to be Van, Van de Beek just because, you know, how, like how is he going to fit into this United team? Like is he going to be more of a CAM or a CM or a CDM? Uh, what, like what role is he going to have for this season? And I'm uh, curious to know where he fits and how he does this season and how – yeah, plays alongside Bruno Fernandez and maybe uh, Pogba. So yeah, for me, it's Van de Beek. Um, for me, I think Van de Beek is interesting to watch. Um, he's my second most intriguing because I think the signing, his natural position is a similar role to what Pogba plays. So they kind of have insurance if Pogba checks out on another season here through injury or just isn't all there. Van de Beek will be a more shirt-up option than when they had Andres Pereira who'd come in. Um, but my player that I'm most 
interested to see how they do is Marcus Rashford because I look at the top the top six really and even seven. I see Liverpool has Salah who smashed the goals the last two years, specifically two years ago. Chelsea have Werner and all their new signings. Arsenal have Aubameyang. Um, Tottenham has Harry Kane. Rashford, he just isn't he isn't in that top tier of forwards. He is not. And Mason Greenwood behind him is compatriot from England. Um, Greenwood is much more exciting last year. Rashford had more memories for our misses than clinical finishes. So I'm interested to see if Rashford can take that step up and get into the Aubameyang, Werner, Kane, Salah, that kind of tier and lead United as a team. Yeah, I kind of went the same way towards uh, as John did. I, I said my player to watch was going to be Greenwood. I Not like in a bad way, but I actually think he's going to have a breakout year um, and be the leading goal scorer, the person who's going to win it for him in the clutch moments. Um, John said it. He was the most, the more exciting player to watch out of that front attack. Um, I think he's actually going to be very good this season. And uh, I mean, I would, I'm interested to see how all that attack goes to see who stands out, to see if Martial can be the one to carry a Rashford or if it is Greenwood. Um, but I had a feeling Greenwood is going to be really fun to watch this season. And just another thing is uh, the Maguire uh, situation. I don't know if he's the 80 whatever million pound player um, player that he was at Leicester or yeah. how he's going to do. Um, I'm really interested in that. And the last thing, uh, what you guys were saying was uh, Van de Beek. I actually think he's going to slide in pretty well um, with Pogba and Bruno into that midfield. Um, I don't think it's really going to be too much of a problem that they don't have a, a sole defensive mid because I think uh, Donny Van de Beek and Pogba are going to both kind of sit pretty near each other, kind of like one up, one a little bit ahead, one a little bit uh, behind on like the sides to each other. Um, and I think it's going to gel good for them. Yep. That'd be key. Moving on to the most exciting out of all the teams we've talked about, Arsenal up next. I think the player to watch for Arsenal, it's got to be Nicolas Pepe because – he started off the season under Emery, who doesn't know what he's doing. Then he had Freddie Lundberg for like three games, and he was starting to get his form back. And then he has Arteta. So he had basically in his first season in a new league on like a 90 million pound fee, he had three different managers and like the biggest sports break in like the history of the world pretty much. So he's had basically a rough season in England, but he was still able to get double digits when it came to – uh, goals and assists contributions. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the way he plays, you know, he has great touch. He has, he's willing to take people on. He gets fouled a lot. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Mane where he's not, he's not afraid to go at defenders. You know, he's, he passed Van Dyke. There's, that was a meme for a little bit. He was the first person to dribble past Van Dyke in like a year. So that was funny, but you know, the biggest thing for him, I think is his end product and, you know, I know the Chelsea guys were seeing it in the FA Cup final. He actually scored a phenomenal first-time goal that was ruled offsides. But, you know, the quality is there. 
the hunger is there, and I think he takes another step forward this season. Yeah, I just want to say I agree fully. Um, coming over from League One, from all that or with all that money on him, um, he didn't perform as well as people would have thought. Um, he had three different managers, as you said. The whole uh, COVID break happened. Um, I'm really interested to see how he performs this upcoming season and if he can be that man next to Lagazette and Aubameyang to really take that attack to the next level. Percy, John, one of you two. Such a such a boring team, you know. It takes it takes a lot to find a player to watch for this season. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Lacazette just because um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lucas. Uh, he hasn't really poor season. Yeah, he hasn't. He, he didn't have you know a standout season. I feel like Aubameyang took most of his shine. Yeah. Uh, I think he played. Uh, he had a much better season than Lacazette. I think if those two can play in that same level, um, then I think, like you said, for your prediction on where they're going to be, I could see them being third or fourth. But with just Aubameyang playing at that high level, I don't think you know they're going to be in that top four, four slot. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what Lacazette can do this this next season. For me kind of a little bit of each of what has been said. I think Locke is that like, he needs to take a step up if Arsenal are going to take a step up because he has an awkward fit with Aubameyang and Pepe. They've got two natural strikers and one kind of a winger. Yeah, but I agree. If, if you have belief in Arteta, you can get those three to work. And if you believe in Kieran Tierney at left back, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Bakayo Saka, who kind of shined because of everyone else underperforming. He was able to get minutes at left back when Tierney was injured. He was able to get into the front three when there were form issues and people just out of liking for Arteta. But Saka seems very talented. He seems like in that top tier of young English prod, like products with Greenwood, Foden, himself, Hudson Adoy. Um, but I don't know. He needs to develop. He's in like crucial years, I think. I want to say he's 19. Yeah, just turned 19. Just turned 19. So if he can displace someone in the front three, that'll be great for him, but kind of bad for Arsenal if one of those front three aren't playing. And at left back, Tierney seems quality, so he's not really going to go there. So. If he has to go into the midfield, I'm excited to see how he does because a 19-year-old playing in a midfield three in the Premier League is very challenging. But, yeah, he's my player to watch. Awesome. So we got through all of them. Now we just have the two that we were kind of disagreement on. So we'll go with Tottenham first, player to watch. You start, Zach. You're big on Mourinho. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm a big fan of Doherty, and I think he's the one to watch for me. How is he going to fit? Like you said, Lucas, they're, they're, they're going to play a back four, and, you know, he's used to playing that back five as a right wing back. He's going to have to play right back this time, playing a little bit more defensively. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in that role. Uh, if he gets exposed or if he, you know, plays 
well defensively and at the same time helping offensively for his team. So the Matt Doherty for me. Um, for me, because I also had Tottenham in my top six, the uh, player to watch, just the most vital player of their team is Harry Kane because there were some – when Mourinho came in, Kane was injured. And then he came back from his injury when Tottenham were in good form right after Mourinho came in. And he was just awkward. He was having to come back on defense in Mourinho's system, which he's never done before. And towards the end of the year, he kind of fit back into his regular ways. But as it always has been for Tottenham with Kane, I think, there are chances of getting in the top four or even the top six this year rely completely on him. I think they've gotten bailed out by Sohn coming in and during Kane's injury spells sometimes and bailing him out. But I don't think they're going to have that trick again. So I think it's all going to be on Kane. If he can get his 20, 25 goals and kind of lead Tottenham, I think they'll be in a good spot. I agree that Kane was uh, Spurs' most important player, but uh, I'm really interested to see how uh, Steven Bergwijn does. I mean, he came in last season like not too much of a bit, uh, not too much of a sample size, um, but I'm interested to see if he can like take it to another level um, and really compliment Son and Harry Kane up there. Um, I can see him getting a lot of assists this year, feeding it into uh, Harry Kane. Um, and that's why I got to go for it as my most interesting. Uh, for my player to watch, even though I, I generally don't find myself watching Tottenham games, is uh, Deli Ali because he, I swear he's one of those players where we just assume he's been young forever. Because I remember hearing about how he was a young prospect. He's like the next big thing. And then I just feel like he's never really – he's never done anything. Like, he needs to do something to warrant all the hype that he had, all the hype that he kind of brought on himself with some of his on-field antics. You know, I remember he did the – he got in trouble for the one England game when he was uh, – made a gesture to the fans. But it's just like he has the – he has the cocky attitude of a star player, but I feel like his on-field production doesn't add up to that. So, obviously, I don't hope he does well, but I think that if Tottenham has any chance of not sucking like they normally do, he's going to have to take a big step forward. All right, and then just to round things off, we also have Leicester City. For Leicester, I got to go with just Jamie Vardy. Um, most interesting, most valuable player, whatever you want to say. Um, he's got to be it for Leicester. Um, if he's not performing, that team isn't where it's going to be at the end of the season. He really is that team, and he's the one that they look for. Um, so he's got to be my most interesting player for this upcoming season. For me, it's going to have to be James Madison. Uh, he had a fantastic season last last time out, and uh, he's one of those players that you wonder if he's going to flop or he's going to continue his his good form. You know, he's one of those young prospects. Um, I'm interested to see on uh, if he even does better from what he did last season because I feel like. He could be one of those, like, oh, one-season wonders, but who knows. Yeah, I think he's one to watch for Leicester City. Um, for me, Leicester going into Europa League this year after finishing fifth, 
I think the added schedule as well as the disappointment of closing out last year and not getting Champions League is just going to like mentally weigh on them. But for me, I think Ndidi is my player to watch just because I think signing to Leicester, he came from the Belgian League. That was a big jump up and he's done very well. But I think his hype, he was linked before, man, you signed Van de Beek to them for a huge transfer. I think this year he's got to play very well again or even better if he wants to get a transfer to one of the top teams in the world. Um, and without him last year, they wouldn't have even come close to qualifying for Europe. So uh, he's a vital player to their team and my one to watch. Yeah, real quick, I just want to talk about James Madison for a little bit because he was—he's been linked with United for the and even Arsenal for the past couple months. So that just goes to show how much he, how well he performed rather for uh, Leicester this coming season. But in terms of next season, I'm going to go with—I think he's Leicester's record signing, which is Yuri Tielemans, because you know when you spend, I think he was like 50 million, I want to say, which is a lot for a club like Leicester that's you know normally known as like a selling club. But, you know, that was some of the McGuire money, I think. And he, he was with them on loan two seasons ago. He performed well. Then they sign him. When you spend £40 million or so on a player, you know, and you kind of have a dip in form, you expect those, like, quality players to kind of lift you up and get you through tough streaks. And, like, towards the tail end of Leicester's season, when they were losing all those games and dropping points, I feel like Tielemans is someone that had, should have stepped up more gotten a few goals, gotten some assists to prevent them from falling out of the top four spots. So if they're going to have another successful season um, or like a better, a more successful season, rather, they're going to need Tielemans to kind of play, play more to his price tag. So last but not least, the last thing we're going to do here for episode one is talk about who we think is going to win the golden boot. I will start because it's obvious choice. You should all agree that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is going to win the golden boot for Arsenal. I'm gonna have to go with Timo. I Timo knew it. Werner. I knew it. It's It's you know with his pace and Ziyech and uh, uh, Pulisic, those those two creating for him, and you know with his sheer talent, I think he'll win Golden Boot this season. Also going Timo, just for the reasons Zach said. Pulisic double digit assists. Ziyech double digit assists. Couldn't have guessed that. Um, Arsenal fan going with the Arsenal player. Two Chelsea fans going with their new signing. Who would have thought? Can you guess? Can you guess who I'm going with? Mane. Salah. Bingo, Mane. Mane is going to have 24 this season. Would be. That'd be a well, statement. Well, winning the league. Is he scoring 24 on Arsenal? <laughs> All 24 goals. <laughs> I don't know about that one. 12, 12 goals in two games. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to our first episode of Port 3-3 with me, Lucas Simpson, Alex Lust, John DeLoss, and Zach Hersey. If you guys are listening on Spotify, be sure to follow that. If you guys are looking for any other news or any of the other podcasts offered by Port Media, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Port underscore Media and Twitter at The Port Media. Um, look forward, we look forward to producing these episodes for you guys and getting reactions to the Premier League games that are starting as soon as this weekend. Once again, signing off is Lucas Simpson. You guys are all
John DeLoff. And Alex lost. Peace out there. Peace. Peace. Go Liverpool. Yes. <laughs>